podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 on the LSC Day Trippers. I'm Gav and this week with me, as always, Emma, Keith and Shawnee. It's the last Fatback 4 of the season. Season 22-23 is over. Sponsored by bookmakers.com. Check out the website for all your analysis. Everything is on there. Everything is on there. And if you gamble, do so responsibly. All the odds on all the sports from all the bookmakers. Um... Tonight, we're going to talk about, yeah, the season 22-23, how we felt going into it, um, how it turned out. We're going to talk some players, some highs, some lows, and then we're going to look forward to the summer and what we hope to get done in the summer, looking forward to 23-24. Uh, Keith, how are you? I'm great, yeah, good, good. Yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm... Uh, I'm recovering. Well, I always like to throw this back at you, see. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm recovering a little bit. I, I was at I was at a um charity function last night for breast cancer research. The ladies running the marathon were doing their um it was a whole day of stuff they done. It was ridiculous how much they put in, but um it culminated in a karaoke night, Keith. And I know you're you're fond of them. Big fan, um, big fan, yeah. Yeah, there was there was karaoke, there was a bit of maniac going on as well at one stage, which the place was on wheels. And uh, I'm just recovering from it. Um, Oshin says, Gav voice ain't, isn't well. Just a great night we had. I only sang two songs. Yeah, it was just, Maniac it was just... 2000 went on for about 25 minutes in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, no, really good night. And the the, the girls and everyone that supported me yesterday, like, there were so many people down there supporting me yesterday. They were, doing a, they were doing a blitz of football blitz. They were doing, they were selling stuff. They were doing all sorts of stuff. And um, around 8,000 euro. They, they raised yesterday for yes. our, um, breast cancer research, so that's gonna go in on top of the toll. So we, we're gonna we're, once the golf day is up, yeah, we'd be close to we'd be closing in on that twenty grand. A lot of these girls didn't think it was possible at the start, but I kept telling them, "Stick with it, you'll get there." But um, brilliant day organized by them. I'm recovering now after it, but I'll be I'll be brand new tomorrow. It'll be grand. Shani, how are you? Hey, one. Mm. Yeah, oh, good. Bit of crack. Great weekend. Great weather again. Brilliant! Yeah, that is weekend in Dublin, so made the most of that. And was out today for the football, and I have to say, wearing the bomb with gold, probably the best crack you can have. Jack Lowe's on, <laughs> just watching, just, just watching, watching everyone hanging on for their lives. Ah, uh, it just made it not us for the change. People yeah. in utter despair, young fellas crying and all that. Means. I was delighted because uh, they got a bit spiky in the Camden when we played Leeds in October. Um, I had a few mates over from Liverpool and I had them in there. And I had Irish lads, Irish Leeds fans, bringing out the mortars and the bin dipper show in the middle of the pub in Dublin. So I was fucking embarrassed. 
by that sort of but uh, you know what they say what goes around comes around like a hula hoop so absolutely fuck them cunts and I hope they enjoyed it, the, the championship next year and I made sure to let them know today because there was a few of them in there crying into that point so uh, they got a few uh, little loose yeah. ones I was like Miss Davino I was going around the camera today the end of the but uh, no it was a bit of crack it was a bit of crack um someone there has asked me have I checked on Joe Joe Wayman the Leeds fan I haven't checked on Joe oh, um, me, me theory on that is to leave Joe till tomorrow um, as much as Sean he fucking hates Leeds um, I, 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 but don't quite, hate um, Leeds at all just yeah just yeah um, well look I'll, I'll leave Joe till tomorrow um, Joe's a top fella but I'll check in on him tomorrow Emma how are you good yeah uh, enjoy but kind of bittersweet today do you know what I mean with nothing you weren't really worried about your game but then you see and I know so many of the other things could have changed but Newcastle draw the last two if we had it just won our last two things could be a whole lot different but, yeah. Um, yeah it was it was it was nice to not be worrying about the last day um, but would have been nice to actually be worrying as well if you get me so yeah look we had a week to to, well, not a week because Newcastle and United played during the week, but we had a couple of days to set ourselves up for who gives a bollocks about <laughs> Southampton against Liverpool. Um, it turned out to be a belting game, and we're not going to go into it on this show because the lads covered it brilliantly after the game, as they've always done. And um, big shout out to them for all the full time reds they've done this season because it hasn't been an easy job. But Chris, Matt, and uh, Kev have stuck at it uh, diligently since last August, and they'll be back next year to do it again. But Hopefully it's a little bit easier for them next year. Um, Keith, season 22-23, we come into it. Um, there's an awful lot of talk around midfielders and all that sort of stuff. But when you think back, did we, were you going into it as a season of, you know, what could we do here? Confident, excited, like you are any season? Or, yeah. You <coughs> know, we are, we're close to quadruple and then it's yeah. back to the bread and butter. Yeah, I'm always an optimist, um, and if I'm being—I'm not going to be a revisionist now and saying oh, I was—I thought we were—we'd struggle around. I was one of the fools that thought me and Jorgen were like, no, no, these lads will do the business for us. We have nine of them, not a bother. Arthur Mello, lovely jubbly, we'll have him as well. Didn't work out that way. We went in. We done. Um, we done a bit of business in the summer, not too much. Big one being. Um, Darwin Nunes, I was excited. I was looking forward to seeing it. From the first minute that lad came in, in pre-season, it was like a, a never-ending battle because he missed a couple of sitters in his first game. So I was on the defensive nearly for Darwin, for Darwin from the very start. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, on the back of a, a treble, a, a treble, sorry, on the back of a season where they're going for a treble, um, or a quadruple, sorry, a quadruple, on the back of the season at that, and missing it just the way we did, I thought, right, the midfield is a worry, but if all these lads stay fit, then we do have a good chance. Didn't last long. I'm not going to lie, it didn't last long. But we start the season off with the charity shield, and, you know, we don't count it as a trophy, but, you know, some teams do. If you want to throw that or chalk that one in, I remember Jose Mourinho famously including it in a treble for Manchester United and their fans lapping that up. But we won't be so petty as to do that around these parts. But I just thought, we go into that game, I think Nunes looks good when he comes on. It's exciting. Then we roll into the season, Gav, and then the sort of bubble bursts fairly, fairly quickly, you know, at the start of the season. So I was optimistic going in. And all the 
the pe- all the stuff that people more intelligent than me three is on screen here we're probably more skeptical about it than i was and everything that we we talk could go wrong sort of goes wrong fairly quickly and and the season gets away from us and we're going to go through it all but to start it off with positivity and it's ending get the fucking get in the bin do you know what i mean get out of town that 22 23 season but look i, I can't lie and say oh, i was worried from the start because i was one of the fools that thought now we'll be okay so what do I know? Sean, the community shield has touched on there and I think I think it's actually a really good marker for the season when you look back at it because Liverpool do this I think all season where they show up one week and they're fucking blitzing the team, you know. And then for four and then you look if you look at the charity shield on Fulham, I thought they were really good in the charity shield. The two best teams in the country going at it. Liverpool just looked full of energy. You know, they were brave, they took their chances. Then you look at Fulham and they looked lethargic, they were overrunning midfield, they were, there was mistakes at the back. And that, I think, them two games probably encapsulated the season when you actually look at it because we seemed to batter the team and then go three or four where we just looked rudderless. And then we batter someone, maybe get a couple of wins, rudderless again. So were you, were you as excited after the Charity Shield and then worried in equal measure after the Fulham game as to... What's the way the season to go? Yeah, like I think that perfectly sums it up for everyone. But the thing was, the thing that worried me was the first game of the season against Fulham. And I was like, we look leggy from the off here. And that can happen. Like sometimes teams don't get up to full speed in a season till the end of September, start of October. But you just kind of pick up points and then, yeah. But we looked like leggy. It wasn't a case of, this being rust, like there was teams running all over us. I go to the first game of the season against Palace at home. They run all over us. And then we beat Bournemouth 9-0. And you're thinking, oh, we turn the corner. And then we're just, it's another game to run all over us. But I kind of, as the season goes along, Gav, you look at everything in microcosm and you just study it as a thing. But I think, I, I, I even, I read up earlier because I just didn't want to think to myself that fucking, you're making that up in your head. I did like a bit of research before the show there when I was just sitting around waiting to come on. Uh, and I think I think it actually starts from pre-season. I think Klopp, uh, Klopp makes an, uh, an admittance that we way overdid it in pre-season. We played twice as many games as any other team in pre-season. If you don't remember, that, that Charity Shield game is literally City's second pre-season game. They only had played one game before that. Whereas we done a full pre-season we had players like he was running the bollocks out of players in Switzerland not shortly after a small break and not forgetting that we literally played every single game possible the seasons previous and then when you top that when you look at that on top of the window that we do the players that we bring in in the summer like it was a cacophony of, of errors uh, and the season played out that way like when you look back on the you look back on the transfer window and the players we brought in we do Darwin Nunes who everyone yeah fair enough is excited about forget about the, the fee but we do Darwin Nunes we do Fabio Carvalho we do Calvin Ramsey and then we do Arthur Mello and that was never going to be enough uh, uh, and that's the way it played out we were chasing our tails for the whole season and then we, we show a little bit of form 
coming into the break before the World Cup, thinking we might be able to turn it around here and somewhat rescue the season because if it opens back up then in January and you can make a couple of signings, who fucking knows? Uh, uh, and we just, we never got going. We looked tired the whole season. I remember going through, like, I remember how frustrated I got on shows on here and there was just so many games that we were drawing nil all or losing one nil and I'm thinking, our, our games even we hit one. I think we beat Newcastle 2-1 at Anfield and I was saying to you in the show like we could have easily lost that game we could have easily drew that game the games we drew we could have easily won that game we could have easily lost that game there was just too many 50-50 games we didn't dominate games of football at all we do okay in Europe yeah we go through we we, we make it really fucking difficult for ourselves as we normally do <coughs> I just I think I, I think it's failure across the board like if if you want to just put it down to one thing, you can't. I think it it this season was failure across the board by the the the, the recruitment by Klopp himself, the manager, his inability to change and and a thing that I don't really like saying because I don't. It's not like nice and I don't like doing it. But too many of our big players let us down in the in this early stage of the season. Oh, I remember fucking having a massive row with Keith on here about Mo Salah and how he shouldn't be subjected to this and then only three days later people are yeah, earlier three days ago people are saying oh you don't deserve this Mo yeah well he fucking does like his, his tweets coming out and putting out pictures in black and white shouldn't be glossed over by the fact he's got a shed load of goals and got a shed load of assists in the back end of the season he was really poor in the first half of the season I've no problem admitting that some players never turned the corner Virgil being one Hendo being one Fabinho was fucked all season, which has to be forgiven because I think it may have been him that had that child. We've already discussed that. And so a big hit has never turned up, Gav, to be honest with you. And to mm. be uh, and uh, it, this is not a fucking dig out and saying I want 10 in and 10 out. Like, you know what I mean? I think Klopp is equally to blame. I think Klopp had an awful season in terms of his decision making on and off the pitch. So I, I'm, I'm with Keith, I'm fucking delighted the season is over. There's reasons to be optimistic, I think, with how we finish up the season. I think we win nine out of the last ten, is it? Oh, well, um, you wins, eight wins seven in the last, the last nine. Seven, seven wins, last. four draws. Yeah, yeah. The last it, it, there's green shoots there. And, but look, it, it's it's been a tough season. Um, and one where there's accountability to be held across the board, and it should be. Um, it's not like fucking the 2021 season when you're going uh, a lot of injuries and maybe grand like major surgery is is now needed and based on what Klopp said today when he's normally fucking dying to get out the door and go on his holiday and forget about football he said no my, my walk literally starts tomorrow I'm going to be on the, I, I'll have a lot of work to do and it's not the side, he even said it's a different side of the game, but I'm going to have to be on it. So, major surgery is needed. Um, whether that's going to happen, who knows, but a, a tough season. But to be honest with you, some great shoots and some great moments, but in between, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, yeah we, we, we'll go again. I'm sure, we, I'm sure we will. Yeah. Emma, you know, Sean, you mentioned something there, and it's when you start to mention this, people go bananas. But it's midfield. And we done shows in the summer and we are trying to talk about who we need 
Now, we, everyone agreed we needed midfielders. I think people got very upset at the fact that Arthur Mello ended up being the midfielder that we signed because it's like, hold on. You know what I mean? We're being told one minute that you have to get the right player in and then this guy just arrives on the loan. <coughs> and, but we know midfield didn't perform in it. Is that the one area where you think, you know, look, I've, I've, I've seen Van Dijk not be good this season. I've seen Canate being on and off it. Robertson the same. Trent most definitely. Even the forwards then. Like Salah, if Salah had a score today, he would have been the the only player to score three 20. Separate yeah, three separate seasons to have 20 goals and 10 plus assists. Um, him and Henri own that record at the moment. But even the forward, you're seeing problems. And we'll get on to Gakpo because I think he's a huge talking point when we're looking at the summer. But was that the main one for you, Emma? Because I, I, it increasingly grew in my mind that the midfield issue was having a knock-on everywhere. And we are seeing it throughout the season. Um, and there's a point to, like Shawnee said there, Klopp's work starts tomorrow. He needs to be looking at midfield and going, if I want this defence and attack to be able to function, I have to get this midfield right because people have been talking about it all season. Emma. Every show we do, midfield gets mentioned. Look, I think it all started with the whole two many and then he decided to go to Real Madrid and then all of a sudden we moved from Darwin Nunes and it was like, well, surely we still have to get a midfielder. And I think what the kind of wheels came off when Ox gets injured in the first pre-season friendly and then Keita gets injured in the community shield and I have a feeling that they had planned on getting about 30, 40 million for them and that's what was to go towards a, a midfielder. Uh, and like you said, then we end up with Arthur Mello. But Klopp, don't forget, and again, not going in on him, but he is to blame for a lot of things this season as well. Um, he said we didn't need a midfielder and then decides at the 11th hour that, oh, I was wrong, we do need a midfielder and then that's how we wind up with Arthur Mello. But you're right, it's a, the midfield has a knock-on effect um, where Leggy, uh, Fabinho obviously didn't have legs. Uh, he's, he's somewhat returned later on in the season. Um, Henderson looked leggy. They, they all looked leggy. So what happens there is they're not covering Trent in his, his previous position for getting forward. So it has a knock-on effect on him. It has a knock-on effect on the forwards as well. So, like if they lose that ball, it's going to go straight through midfield and onto the defence. We said that Van Dijk didn't look great. But again, he's, they, they weren't really getting much protection. So it all kind of centred around the midfield. Um, and I don't know why we probably didn't try something that we've tried in the last 11, 12 games earlier on in the season. I know we tried 4-2-3-1 and that, and we actually had a bit of success, but then kept going back. And Shawnee on show said 4-3-3. We just keep playing the same thing over and over again. Why didn't we try it earlier on in the season? Did we yeah. not have the bodies well, to do it or like, do you know what I mean? So I just think we should have maybe tried something earlier on in the season, like we have done for the last 11 games. Maybe we wouldn't have been able to play for more than 11 games. And maybe that's why he left it so late in the season. But wouldn't it have been great to go on a run of 11 games in the middle of the season, which gives players that little bit of a boost, and maybe get that bit of energy back. I was, just to go back on the previous one, I went into the season, Keith, exactly the same as you. I thought we were going to run right in the league, honestly. And I wasn't even too bothered by the Fulham game because I'm, I'm one for, I hate playing a newly promoted side in the first game of the season. 
it was more the Crystal Palace game and then the United game. That's when I started being, hang on a second, what's going on? This is, uh, it wasn't just a blip against Fulham. Um, but I think, look, we were run ragged through midfield. The midfield, without doubt, has been the biggest problem this season. And we pulled it back slightly towards the end of the season. And look, for a team that were absolute dirt for most of the season, we literally wound up only four points off top four. So okay. I've I've no uh, I've no worries about next season. Mm. I think um, well I have worries over next season, but we we'll get to them in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a really good point about the preseason stuff, the lack of the lack of rest we get, and then the amount of games we play. But I, I think Klopp's reason behind that, I think we might have talked about it at the time was he wanted to get them to a speed where he they weren't lagging coming out out of the traps. I think he looked at it as 16 games, I think it was, before the World Cup, and he wanted to absolutely march into the season and lash a load on the board and see what comes off the back of the World Cup. But it simply was wrong when we look back at it. You know, and it just turned out to be wrong because the players just, you know, he couldn't get them to an optimum. And then they were struggling from there on in. And it's a really good point about the amount of games. And maybe you look at it different. Um, people are asking about pre-season this season. I think we're off to Singapore again. Um, for my, two, my games. two games in Singapore but that's about it that's all that's been said so far I can but see them did going everybody to... here think that at the time that we played too many because I honestly thought we played too few no I, I thought did. I thought there was, there was a few games there where I thought fuck there's a lot going on here you know and I think the fact Salzburg, that he went the day after the charity shield yeah that was a bit mad <laughs> and, and Canati look you, you can throw it either way I think that the length of the season we had the amount of games you, you might have had a bit of concern but at the same time I always try to look at it as, from both points of view, I could sit there and go, there's too many games, but when, when you're looking at the manager of Liverpool, who's obviously okay with these games, you're thinking, and I think he said it, he, he's trying to get us to a level where we feel we're a, just a notch above people with regards to the intensity we have in our game, and we can go and push them he right at the World Cup. He since admitted that I was the wrong approach. Yeah, but that's, that's, yeah that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, hindsight 2020 and all that. Yeah, yeah. And look, there's always hindsight in it. But, you know, in fairness to him, he's fairly honest in, in his assessment of things. He was even honest in his assessment of the midfield issue. You know, when he said, yeah, you people were right. I, should, I needed another one and stuff like that. And I think this season has probably, um, with the departures that are, have happened now after the last day of the season in midfield, with what's gone on this season, I think he will look and go, do you know what? Yeah. Um, if I thought I was a little bit wrong last season, um, I can't be that wrong again this season because it's affecting so much in front of them. Keith, let's talk some positives. Right? I'm going to go around the yeah. table. Keith, then Shawnee, then Emma. Give me a positive player-wise this season for you. And I'm going to just nip off and get a drink because <coughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what I sound like. I'm, I'm in a jocker here. You sound great. No, I don't. I don't. Um, I have to get a drink. Positive player wise. Yeah, yeah. Go I won't. On. I won't here. take Gakpo. Right, I'll take Bacetic. Um I think the introduction of Bacetic at a time when we desperately needed somebody in that midfield because of the Fabinho problem that we were having um, and the Henderson problem. Let's be clear as well. You know, we we needed somebody that could go into that midfield and and could play as a six. And when the the thought of Bacetic at the time, an 18-year-old kid who, you know, he didn't, he doesn't look filled out, he doesn't look the biggest lad, and it was like, oof, I don't know. He was the one that was the biggest plus point for me in the season. Now, he, he only plays, how many games he played? 10, 11 games? 
gets injured and goes out. But I just thought his introduction into the team, while in one hand it was like, I love to see a young lad coming in and making a, a difference in a Liverpool team. It's always a always a good point, even the likes of Curtis Jones at the end of the season sort of comes in and plays his way in. But I think at that time, we didn't sign a midfielder in January and we were all up in arms over that one. Crestfall and Shawnee said it a million times on shows, if we sign a midfielder, we can go on and even challenge for a title at that stage. And that's how we felt. And that's, you know, we're not going to change our opinions on that. I agreed with him 100%. We didn't do it. But we got Bajatic in and he stabilised that midfield. And he even played as an eight as well um, and thought he was excellent in games. And his introduction, I don't think he's going to save us a fortune in the sense that we're still going to go out and buy midfield players. But I think he's forced himself into the reckoning now for next season. I think we said it last week on the show. His injury maybe came at a timely time as well because it pulled him out of the limelight. It took him out of the... You know, he finishes this season with positives. And he can go off now, recover, have a pre-season and put himself in, in the into contention for next year. I just think he was a player that came, you know, at a time when we desperately needed somebody into that midfield. And the youthful exuberance. I mean, we spoke about it, the Newcastle goal. Um, I think it's Gakpo's goal, is it? And it comes, he takes it off. Alisson under pressure in his own half and he, he's looking for the ball. You know, it's not like it's just here. He's looking for the ball and he's getting out of pressure. He's a very Spanish player, you know, he's, he's got that sort of fearlessness in midfield, give me the ball, give me the ball, and he just looked in that, that period of time like a player that we needed to not rescue our season, but just to say, right, I was always scratching my head why we signed Gakbo in January when we needed a midfielder, and he came along and it's like, okay, we can probably get through a few games with this. And then as the season goes on, Emma touched on there, we finished it strongly and we, we got whatever wins out of the last so many games. But I just think for me, he was the, the one that, that's impressed me. The obvious one, I'm sure someone else will talk about, um, El Cody, but for me, at that time, Bajatic was the bright spark. And I look forward to seeing how he develops in the, the coming years. I, it's funny now because Bajetic isn't really involved in this when I don't think he is at all when Trent starts to wander into this midfield position. And when we were at the game last week when I was watching against Villa and I actually would have loved to see Bajetic in there instead of Fabinho because Fabinho in that game to me looked like, yeah, he's he's not as bad as he was earlier in the season and that's not saying much, but the, the snap has gone out of him. You know, that game was actually made for him a couple of seasons ago where Villa sit back Balls break out in that middle tour of the pitch and he's just on them. Wins them, gets gets Liverpool going again. He didn't seem to. Um Bachelor yeah, gets injured, he's he's gone he's he was out for the season. He will have a summer now and you know, someone says there you can't depend on him to be the rock that you build around and, and stuff like that. Um it's own own says if Bachelor is in the reckoning next season, that'll mean we're in trouble again. I don't agree with that own at all. I think um and and sometimes I think when a player comes through like that, I think they get undervalued a little bit at the start. You know, Cordis Jones gets it. Now, Cordis Jones had a very mixed Liverpool career so far. He's been really good in the last 10 or 11 games. But I think if, if Bacetic came in in the, in, the, in the January for 30 million quid, people would be going, oh, I can't believe he's out, can't wait for him to be back. But I do understand the bit where you, he can't be the rock you build it around. But he's definitely an option. And I think he's perfectly made if you're going to let Trent wander in there. Because not only... Uh, not only is he really he snaps into stuff and wins it he has a brilliant range of passing so he's actually another option there where if Trent can't see something you give it to him and he's not going to Fabinho and play it wide or play it a little short pass he'll look to play a pass as well I think he's been excellent 
Um, and I, I can't wait to see him playing for Liverpool again. And I think he looked deadly in that New Jersey as well. Oh, yeah, I think the Europa League is, well, now none of us want to be in the Europa League. I think it'll be the likes of Acetic and even Ben Doak that will will, will uh, benefit from that. You know, we'd like mm. to think that we're not going to play leading strong teams that, that re- don't, regardless of the group we're in. Do you know what I mean? We're not going to be playing all our big hitters in these games. And I'd like to see the likes of Acetic getting a good run of games. He's not going to be, you know, I won't say now if he's in the reckoning, it's a problem. I don't agree with that at all. I think there's young players there that you have to give a chance to. And maybe this is the the perfect chance, perfect opportunity to do that. Like, we're not looking and, you know, relishing the Europa League. But if I want to take a positive out of that, it's that I think Bacetic can get minutes in there and, and we can really see his development. And I think he'd flourish in the European game. Yeah, Zupdog says he's definitely a gem to have, but he needs to be used wisely. That's that's the fairest point of them all. Yeah, I think at the age he's at, you can't put too much on him, but don't don't down play him, play him either. If you know what I mean, like using him wisely to me, the, the wisest way to use a player like that is to give him the surroundings that he deserves to be in. And I don't think he was he was in the, those surroundings last season. He's, he's so many players around him that just weren't showing up. Um, he's so many players that were out of form, legs are gone. And he was trying, and that's why he stood out. And but I think he'd actually stand out in a team that functioned. If you had, I don't know, if you want throw two midfielders in there that you sign, I think it'll actually that's how you use him wisely. You put him in there with them players, you see where he goes. Shani, are you taking Cody back? Yeah, go on. I think Club said in his press conference about by Chetnich that it was actually the amount of games that he played that ended up kind of nearly breaking down. That Mm. he was expected to play so many games. Hmm. I think he played 19, Keith, 11 in the league, and then Europe, he played four. Yeah. Remember, um, but look, but I, don't think, I don't think the break will do him any harm. And I think the fact that yeah. Liverpool are going to change things around, I think it'll help. Shani, are you taking Cody Gakpo? No, I'm going to leave Gakpo to Emmett. Okay. I'll leave Gakpo to Emmett. I'm going to take Trent Alexander-Arnold in the back half of this season. Um, and and his sort of transformation. Now, at the same time, I do think that there's loads being made of it, but there's been definitely a change of tact or approach in terms of Trent. When, and I would have been one of these people who, well, like he's fucking grand that right back, leave him there. He's he's been so productive, but he was doing things to teams in the last ten games. Way of thinking, right? Maybe we've clipped this fella's wings a little bit by by letting him just stay there. Yeah, he was super effective there. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the the use of Trent and the sort of evolution that we're seeing um of him in in that role because I think being I'm not gonna make this a race thing, but like being a young black footballer in England has never been harder than it is now, and he's had fucking mental scrutiny in the open half of the season. I I actually thought he was piss poor in the open half of the season. I thought even I thought I questioned his attitude some games. Um, I don't not I don't want to be vindicated in that, but I just think every time Trent's being kicked. As a footballer, he's always found a way to come back stronger. And I think his omission from the World Cup squad not playing um, 
has really kicked him on. His numbers fucking out of this world at the back end of this season. It just really looks to suit him. And I, he, he, he's proved to me that he's a good enough player to build this team around. And I'm being deadly serious saying that. Whatever about budget he'd say when you, a few quid, he's worth altering this system to fit him in. Because on the ball, in attacking areas, he is one of the best creative players in world football. Um, I actually think it's helped his defensive game even a little bit because you see him a little bit more hurried to get back into position now. and It's just, I really do think this is the making of him and, and his future. He is the future of Liverpool yeah. going forward. I believe he is that good. Um, and it took him out of the spotlight. Klopp's not done a whole lot right this season, if I'm being honest with you. But his management of Trent in this situation has been absolutely fucking brilliant because he, he, he's he's taken the pressure and the spotlight off him completely because he gets roasted in both of them Champions League games against Vinicius Jr. And Klopp kind of goes, do you know what? Fuck this now. I'm going to have to try something different. And he did. And it's paid off dividends so far. And I think with the right business being done in the summer, you'll see him come on again. Trent looked like he was 10 feet tall in the, in the back end of the season. He, he looked rejuvenated. He, he looks like the fire was lit inside him again. And I think that can only be a good thing for Liverpool. It, his assist today is a joke. Like, it's fucking, it's ridiculous. Honestly, a pullback volley across the box on a play for a defender after his bit of movement. I genuinely believe, like, everyone knows how much I've, I love this kid. I love him as a right-back. He's the best right-back in Europe in terms of attacking sense in the last few years. But I do genuinely see this becoming the making of him. Um, I do think sometimes, out of all the shit like this, that can be positives. And I think Klopp's kind of being forced into a system now where he's had to kind of push him into that role now and he's he's changed it. He's well able to play. He's well able to play in there. He showed he's fucking, he's mugged off Gary Neville by saying he can't play over his back to play. We've seen him. Yeah. Uh, and for me, that's how I'm building the future around Liverpool. People are saying about Alisson. That's not positive. That's just Alisson. That's just, that's always Alisson. Like, what yeah. can I say? If I knew players of the year, I'd play of the year. That's just Alisson. But I do really feel like a lot of things that have been holding Trent back will now be taken away from those who use it against them. Because if he's not predominantly being used as a defensive <laughs> foot right back in it before, people will only talk about the good in this game. Uh, and let's be honest, he's been fucking phenomenal at the back end. He really has. So, in that in that case, I'm genuinely um, excited to see Trent uh, grow in this round next year because he's only going to get better there as well. That's 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 fact of the matter. Well, he only gets his first assist in January. I know there's a World Cup in the middle of the season, but the games were top loaded and all that. He only gets his fourth assist in January, and he's got about seven in the last few weeks since he moved into midfield. He's been sensational. You're right, Shawnee. Him in there has just been a game changer. And I'd love to see him. I'm not saying, like, let's... Oh, fuck, I am saying it. Let's put him into midfield because I'd love to see him without having to still worry about the right-back. 
you know what I mean? Because I know Kanate does a lot of the covering over there, but I'd love to just see him focusing on the attacking side of the game with minimum defensive responsibilities because he gets battered with that stick all the time. And I just think he is such a good passer of the ball and such a creative player. He's, as you said, he's making shit in with Gary Neville and we can all get behind that on around here. But yeah, dead right. That change, that little tweak there has been an absolute top draw move. But yeah, forced assistant in January. And think of the numbers. I think he ends up with nine assists and I think he's the top for a defender. And it's it's just ridiculous. Um, I think a lot of people questioned his ability to get back into his position when he was playing there, yeah. Mark, on his uh, regular right-back role. But honestly, and I've said it a few times, I think he's actually running more now yeah. than he was when he was playing right-back. It's just yeah. a different type of running. He was sprinting forward and expected to sprint. He's nearly expected to be in two places at once when he was playing in the right-back position. But he's actually, I would say, if we looked it up, if somebody looked it up, He's probably covering more ground, but just a different type of running. And he can still provide assists from, from the centre of the park. Hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, I think the move in there, again, do we, I, I don't think I'd like to see him move into midfield, like a full-time midfield in a 4-3-3, because I think he loses space. Um, it's the fact that he's kind of nearly cheating into the midfield is where the actual system works. But, um yeah, I, 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 hands up. I said he looked. His attitude was bad. He probably was wasn't fit enough, or not fit enough, but not. He was probably too tired to get back. But he's been an absolute revelation the last eleven or so games. Mike McCardle says, uh, "Kenny Cunningham hates Trent in midfield. Not that the matters. Um, well, if Kenny Cunningham hates Trent in midfield, the first thing you do is you put Trent in the midfield because yeah. Kenny Cunningham yeah, is a that. fucking <laughs> mongo, right? Um, so the thing with Trent is for me." His attitude stank at times. And Shawnee pulled him after the Barmer game when he scores a free kick and he's Shawnee said he's wandering around here as if he's bleeding, you know, Zico. And uh, he's being he's being poor. And that is definitely a part of this season. I think we've seen a change in it for a couple of reasons. I think he's one that suffers the most early on in the season when Klopp, like we've said before, we wanted to change, do something different. But we kept rolling out the same formation and the same way of playing. And players' legs were gone, but mistakes were in them, nerves, loss of form, and Trent was still expected to do what Trent's been doing for three or four years solid. And he's one, I think, that suffers the most because of it. We needed a change to to help a lot of players. It just happens that the change helps him the most because his attitude, not that his attitude, he just looked pissed off, you know. And we're losing games and they're pulling him off and putting Milner on right back and you're kind of going... He hasn't had a great game, but he seems to be the one where I was watching going, like I asked him to go there, and you can actually see the hesitancy in him, where do I go, do I not? Because I usually would, but I know we're not good going the other way now. And there was loads of that. His his attitude wasn't great, I'm, I'm absolutely with that. Going into midfield, though, I wouldn't put him into midfield. Right? Well, do you know what? I wouldn't be against him going to midfield. But don't pay any attention to what Gary Neville says. But I would actually have him standing with his back to play for the two months of the summer and just keep hitting balls at him because it's the only doubt I would have actually over him. Passing range, fine. Getting his foot in, he's, we've seen him do it. But what would happen is, like you said, Emmett, he loses space, he goes into midfield, you would just have a player assigned to him to be up his arse every time Liverpool have the ball and then it's about subtle movements in order to get away and that's where he would have to go with that. We do cheat a little bit by him just wandering in there 
right? But he has a direction in his game now. Get in there and play. But when we lose it, you need to go back there. That's what you do. You go back there. Because you know Salah's playing way wider now and, and you know, they're, they're making him the outlet on that side rather than Trent and Salah going inside. So I'm not against anything happening with him. But if we're going to we're gonna cheat a little bit more, I'm absolutely fine with it. If you want to put him in midfield, yes, he's going to lose space. But if he trains into it, what a player you have because if he if he can if he can turn up turn players you know with his back to goal and free up space then he'll more you you know what i mean that amount of assists in january is a joke from what you know from what is a right back um but yeah i'll give him kudos for the, for the second half of the season not so much of the first half but i think it shows that um i think i think it shows that there is definitely something there to work on and again a little bit like other players we've spoken about get other players in around them and let them do their job. It actually makes his job a lot easier as well. So he's a good one. Come on, Emma, talk to me. Cody Gakbo. Cody Gakbo, yeah. Um, still devoids opinion. Well, it does in one of my WhatsApp groups anyway. But um, when he first came in, he was, we spoke around uh, round pegs and square holes and that kind of stuff. He was out left, he was in through the middle. And he kind of he nearly seems to have settled on this position now where he nearly kind of drops into the midfield slightly not necessarily exactly like Firmino because I don't think anybody's ever going to be like Firmino but he's just and I say it all the time it's very Dutch um, it's very hard to get the ball off him um, there was talk that he didn't have any pace I think we've seen a torn of pace out of Gakpo um, the way he picks up the ball and turns and just runs I like the way he runs directly at the fences I would say that if they're sitting back just run at them um, he's got well. Where's the stat we got before we came in? In fifty games this season between, uh, it's PSV, wasn't it, and Liverpool? Uh, he's got twenty goals and twenty assists. Yeah, seven for Liverpool. Tw- seven goals, three assists. Um, he's been used kind of nearly sparingly, but he's kind of one of the first names that I want to see on the on the on the team sheet now when it comes out. Or even today when he was coming on, I thought that's great. We're gonna we're gonna get back into this game. Or just he's big, he's strong, and the fact that we got him over United is just just a cherry on top as well. But uh, I'm excited. I actually I love him. And um, I did love Nunes. Not that I don't love him anymore, but I think Gakpo's a, a, a special talent, and um, he can probably play a couple of positions in this this team going forward. Um, he- yeah, sorry, neat and tidy as well. Just really, really good on the ball. Decision making, the maybe a game or two ago where he was could have played people in, uh, but that's going to come obviously the more and more he plays with with the front three. Yeah, um, we when we when we were watching last week, Sean he said something to me. He said sometimes when the ball is played up to him, he kind of takes a touch backwards at times to protect the ball because he's just really good at it. Sean, he was saying to us, I'd love to see him chest that ball ahead of him and give defenders a bit more to think about. And I think that's something that, you know, I think it's a fair point, actually, when you watch him. He does, he he he, he takes a ball in where he, his first thing is to protect it. And that's been brilliant for us because Firmino's done that for years. But I think Gakpo probably needs a little bit more belief in himself as a centre-forward. That, yeah, you can link and you can keep the ball, but there is times where just just chest the boy to our own minx and have a run at him. Chest the past concert and see what happens. And that there was a little bit of that at Villa. He, listen, you know, there was there was so much of it, like, why aren't we signing midfielder? We signed Cody Gakpo. I think he may end up being the most seamless 
of replacements for that famed front three that you're seeing. I think Diaz has come in, had a bad injury, he's come back. He hasn't been great since he came back, but you can see he's still trying to get back to fitness. He's still trying to get back into a rhythm, so I wouldn't worry about him at all. Because, like, honestly, before he got injured at this season, that was a massive blow, by the way. Because before that, he was flying Diaz. Every time he got the ball, you thought he was going to do something. But just the attribute Gakbo has, that extra bit of pace, all right, and probably that extra bit of belief, I don't I don't know what it is. I just think he might be the most seamless of the replacements for this that famed front three. And I think he's been I think he's been absolutely excellent for us. And you know what? It, that six months is gonna absolutely stand for him for years, I think. Um he came in when we were poxy. You know what I mean? Um he was people are saying, Oh, what's going on? Who was this fella? But just seeing as Liverpool started to find a bit of form, he was he was really important in it. And he's he's probably been our best player since January. I Somebody said there. there, I don't know who it was, it might have been use. I'm just trying to, uh, he's, an, he's, he's very intelligent. I think yeah. he's really intelligent with the ball. Yeah. Um, sorry, Sean P. Casey with a super chat. Thanks very much. He said, thanks boys for the dedication to the stream all this year, but I hope Gav gets a new porter for the summer. My porter is flying. Sean, <laughs> you mind your own bleeding business. Um, <laughs> Keith, anything on Gakbo before we move on? Yeah, remember when we signed them and he played two games and everyone, including Liverpool fans, were calling them Gig Pill. That looks fucking stupid now because it's the classic example. And look, I think, and I'm not lashing others out, because I think we were all sort of a bit like, Jesus, where's this? How does this lad fit into our style of play? He's been excellent. He's been absolutely brilliant. Someone said in the chat there, I can't remember who it was, apologies, said he's, he's so fast in his brain. You know what I mean? He may be not look like a quick over the over the ground but he's he's so intelligent he doesn't give the ball away and it's, it's a dutch characteristic it's been a dutch characteristic since we were all kids control the ball look after the ball and it reminds me so much of an album in the sense you know obviously genie done it from a deep opposition but it used to be so hard to get the ball off genie as well and i think Gakbo going in there has given a real sense of um safety with the ball which we don't don't always have because if we compare him with Nunes, for example, and this isn't bashing Nunes, but Nunes is a raw player who's built on speed and running and looks like he maybe doesn't have the intelligence with the ball, whereas Gakpo doesn't have the speed and the aggression that maybe Nunes has, but he's just a different type of player. He looks after it so, so much. Like We were looking at him. I was with Alan Lawson at the match last week, and we're watching him, and we're just like raving about him, just getting that ball so clever. You know, it's not it's not spectacular. It's just clever play. It's just little bits, little drop here, a little turn, and he's away from pressure, and he's so strong. I look forward to seeing him. This has been an Anna Cerebilis, the shy bag of a season. And the likes of Darwin has come in and the likes of Gakbo has come in and been dropped into this crap. Oh, you can't wait to see him next season when he's playing. When when hopefully we're back to a semblance of normality. I'm just so excited to see him playing. And like Emmett, when I seen him coming on today, I'm like, yep, lovely. We'll have a slice of this because he just makes things happen. He's just so clever. And and these players, they fly under the radar. You know, Manchester United fans were laid all creaming themselves when he had two poor games for us. You know, what would they give for him? Now they're going to go out and spunk money on someone else because they missed out on this lad. So, look, I'm just delighted we got him and, and I can't wait to see him um, next season. Mm. Seven goals, three assists since January is a decent Yeah, yeah. especially for what he came in, into. In a team that's not performing. Yeah, yeah. in a team that's yeah. not performing. What he came into was, was appalling. 
let's be honest about it. And it only started really playing from about March. Um, going to go around the table again. I'm going to start with Shawnee this time. Um, one player you want to live with, and this is looking forward to the summer and stuff like that, right? One player you would like Liverpool to sign this summer. Just one. That's all I want. Shawnee, one player you want to see at Liverpool this summer. Mm, Manuel Ogart. Okay. No. Think it'll happen? No. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Off to an absolute flyer with this question. Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> PSG and Chelsea. No, just like... Eddie, Chelsea yeah. are on the go again. Yeah, yeah. I, think the, I think the problem with Ugart is any fee from going to have to be paid all up front because it's a release clause. Um, I don't know. If we can, the room with, the room with Bellingham fee really fucking bothers me um, to be honest with you um, but we won't get into it because it just seems like it's fucking it's flogging a dead horse now at this stage but yeah you got to I say though I'd, two players I'd really like to see us bring in a number six someone a defensive I, I want us to be physical again next year and that's not a slight on McAllister because I think his potential signing can be really good for Liverpool but we need a bit of fucking steel in that in the midfield again. Mm. Uh, I, be, I think a lot of people have called for another proper six, as they would call it. Um, and then you, you'd have the conversation around Fabinho and uh, Bacetic as well. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a bad show. I don't. I'm. I don't. I'm with you. I don't see it happening though. Um, I'm surprised Chelsea are off and running again, being linked with all these. Uh, Kevin Sullivan says PSG strongly linked to Ugarte. Want to go away from their star-studded model. Uh, Emma, one player you want to see at Liverpool next season? Well, I still want to say Bellingham. <laughs> and the reason being is exactly what Johnny said. If the fee that's been muted from Real Madrid, like, you'd have to what is it? why... So it's, it's right. they're saying 80, 86 million pounds and add-ons. Now, if you believe the rumours, we offered 85 and add-ons. So, yeah. So where where's okay. the problem? Now, because hmm. people that are saying, ah, he's clearly turned us down. I'm not sure. I still think that we could still be his You can actually have him if you want. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I just don't, and I don't like getting into all of the stuff that's going on with Vinicius but why would you want to go and risk that in a league like that and he's and he's somebody that likes to get involved even yesterday I said and someone said ah, no. he's, he's just after they had a camera in his face after the game yesterday but they had a camera in loads of players faces and he went over and pulled it down like and it just he gets involved with cameras he gets involved with crowds and I just think it could go horribly wrong for him over there if he does not hit the ground running. And I still think there's possibly a chance that he comes to us if those are the figures. And if it's a case that they are the figures and it's wages that it's come down to, I think his family and him have probably made the first mistake in his career mm. so far. Dylan says, Bellingham ain't happening, lads, get over it. Um, Olivier says, uh, they are saying his father is asking for agents' fees that are astronomical. Um, 86 million up front, says Chris. What if Joe just turned us down? What if his dad wanted a lot more money? Let it go. 
Um, but it's not giving his dad a job in the canteen or something. Yeah, Tommy's getting, <laughs> getting a bleed in the mixer. Tommy's getting a mixer, are we? Um, but look, you can absolutely have Joe Bellingham. It doesn't mean it has to happen. Sean's gone for a guarantee there and you don't think it'll happen. Keith, one player you want to see at Liverpool next season? I fully expect in the next four minutes that McAllister will be announced. Um, so he's the one I want. But in all seriousness, I said a long time ago, I would love to get him and Cusado. I think if you got him you and Cusado in. No, but Liverpool can have two. We're going for two. No, you, oh, I said to you, him. one player. Yeah, we're going for McAllister. McAllister. Sean, you went for Ugarte, but both of us have subtly dropped Cusado into the equation as well. Here. Right, so now, I think, I think the Brighton lads are, for me, from a long time back, I think they've just looked brilliant. I think I said it very early in the season that I'd assigned the trade and when Moape was playing for them as well and that poor fella's had to retire because of heart problems. I think when he battered United at the start of the season and to me, you know, Sean, he's right, that physicality, we need that back in our midfield that Caicedo or Lugar to bring. Um, and I definitely think, I definitely think we need that. But I just think Alexis McAllister, Alexis McAllister will be, right, he's not going to be a Thiago, but I think he'll be a player that will move us up the pitch in the way Thiago does when he's on form. They're a totally different player. I'm not comparing the two together. But I just think he's going to be a, a metronomic player in the midfield for Liverpool. He's going to be tidy. He's going to get the ball. He's going to move it. He's going to, He's got a good range of passing. But his walk rate is excellent. It's very underrated how hard he walks. Even though he plays in a 10, he plays in an 8, he plays in a 6, he plays all the positions. He can play wide, not, not as a winger, but he can play on, the, on, a, on a flank as well at times. And I just think... I just think that he is going to be the first instalment of the rebuild. And genuinely, I think they're going to announce it today. I think there's going to be, you know, one of them Fabinho jobs. The season's over. Boom. Liverpool are strongly in talks or something with Brighton for the signing of did, Alexis McAllister. Did said something like... He, yeah, he said he something along the, the lines... already done. Yeah, he, he and he, he said something along the lines of... Um, so he said, oh, McAllister deserved to move on to a higher level than Brighton. That's just the way things are. Um, we don't hold them back and we have to look for different, cheaper options, I think was what the word he used, which basically means we sell them at big and we buy in at small. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's worked very well for them so far. But then again, if Brighton wants to... If I was Brighton, I'd be looking to keep hold of one of them for at least one more season. They'll churn out. They'll just churn uh, out. They'll have loads of them. I know, but just to try push themselves on with that little bit of quality that's already there it's less of a risk than bringing someone in that by, by all means you could sign for 5 million and they're worth 50 in 12 months time um, but that's do you know what I like about McAllister do you know what I like about McAllister before we move on mm. he's such a humble player as well do you know what I mean like he's he's not a Billy Big Bollocks and that and I've seen from him and that and I've read from him you know what I mean he's he's a humble player he's a hard working player and I just think he fits the Jurgen Klopp style right not I'm not saying Joe Bellingham isn't like like Emmett was saying with the the show that went on but I see he was linked with the likes of James Madison and James Madison's a good player but he doesn't pass the smell test for me and I just think everything about McAllister does. I've, I've heard other people saying he's not quick enough, he's not this, that. Look, I think you get him into that team and he becomes a playmaker for you and he sets up attacks. I just think he'd be brilliant for us. Mm. Look, we're going to be doing shows now. and We have got a winners and losers tomorrow. 
and then it'll be a lot of Liverpool update stuff there'll be quizzes there'll be drafts there'll be transfer stuff whatever they'll just want to let us know and we'll try to fill it in as the summer goes predictions on. revealed as well yeah, oh yeah you have the, you have all the predictions as well we might do that next weekend um, but look uh, you know when, the, when it comes to the summer Liverpool and Liverpool we always try to keep you up to date with all the news transfer stuff and have a laugh because there's no football on have a bleeding laugh for a couple of months it's, it's so much more easy going before we start getting into the business end of things early August um, I just want one word area okay one word on this last question a player currently in the Liverpool side that you really look forward to seeing next season you have, you have big things for next season just the player's name and we leave it at that because I want to do a show maybe next week on on this but uh, Emma, I'll start with you first. Uh, oh, in, in between Nunes and Diaz, um, I'll go Diaz. Nice. Keith? I'll go Nunes. Cool. Shawnee? Trent. Okay, good stuff. Diaz, Nunes, Trent. I would have went Nunes as well. Um, I have a really good feeling on Darwin Nunes but we'll talk about it as the summer goes on listen the link is in the description as long as he's done his, his, does his English groins over the summer yeah. we should be glad yeah uh, loads of names coming in there uh, Gakbo says Jared Williams uh, Red Steve says Doak uh, Leon says Jones um, Dylan says Nunes Subdog says Diaz Jake says Allison. Um to, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I, there's a show I kind of have in my head that I wanted. To, I want to uh, a little bit of a prediction show I want to do in the next week. Antoine says Arthur Mello will be playing against them for Rose of Aldergrad in the UEFA Cup at some stage. <laughs> 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 um, but look, the link is in the description for the charity. Um, as I said at the, the start of it, when Keith was questioning me about how my weekend was going. The girls have put in massive work this weekend and have been for weeks setting it all up. Um, they got the reward yesterday, raised nearly €8,000 towards the 20000 total. Um, Air Golf Day is in two weeks. And even at that day yesterday, people come up, came across me and went, oh, listen, stick us down for a sponsorship and stuff like that. So we're down to about, I think there's four sponsorship slots left. Their price are €100 Euro each. If you want to help us out, you can do lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com. And um, we will take that sponsorship off you and put it towards the total. We're hoping to hit somewhere around 4,000 on the day, which would mean then we'd be nearly three quarters of the way through the target come the end of the golf day in a couple of weeks. So if you can donate, the link is in the description. LFCDayTrippers at gmail.com if you would like to sponsor. And we have about four of them left, as I said. If you want to help out with some prizes by sending us some prizes, um, you can do that. LFCDayTrippers at gmail.com. Or you want to just send us money and we'll buy the prizes. We're also able to do that as well. Um, we're going to get to the twenty grand. We always stick at it until we get to um, until we get to that target. And the girls have put in some effort. There's even more going to be going on over the next little while. And of course, in between all that, they're training to run twenty six point two miles, um, which is just off the rocker. Um, Gav, do we now have to watch? Will you miss puts on the green on the golf channel for two months now with no football? Yeah, you'll be watching loads of uh, bang average golf. I'm making more puts though. Um, but we'll also have loads on this channel as well. Um, you know ourselves, we um, we always go through the summer. We always bring as many shows as we can. We always try to have a laugh. And that's what we're going to be doing for the summer. If you don't like drafts and you don't like quizzes, don't watch it. 
it's grand. We're only doing it to have a laugh anyway. If you do like it, like, share, all that sort of stuff. Hit the like button on your way out. That helps us as well. Shawnee, anything else before we go? No, all good. Uh, pleasure again doing the majority of the Sunday nights with the with the crew. Uh, fair play to the likes of Kev and Chris as well, who, who show up, and, and uh, Matt as well, who show up week in, week out, doing shows and all the work I have you put in behind the scenes. It's fucking colossal. I think we actually spoke about this last week when you weren't around, to be honest with you. Not to give you a big head, but it's fucking, it's it's massive work. It's massive work that goes into this, um, and very selfless as well. But the amount of charities and all that's brought in, but I love doing this with the lads. I love the names and the chat. I love the community that we have. It's not like many other fucking channels on YouTube. Um, and I'm glad in that sense because we don't come on here and push hype here with our lot of bollocks. There's no agendas. We just come on and kind of say how we feel. So, um, yeah, another season where, look, I've enjoyed other seasons more, but to be honest with you, it's great to come on here and uh, do this every week with you and the lads. And last week was sort of a, a, a culmination of it all. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm Looking forward to a little bit of a step away from all the show. Although I know it's going to ramp up now with, with the city season and the transfer stuff. But I'm sure we'll have a bit of crack throughout the summer with drafts and quizzes that are rigged. You don't do so them, though. I don't. You don't. <laughs> Johnny's be like, fuck no, uh, I'm not doing them. <laughs> no, um, I'm looking forward. To be honest, we, we have a bit of crack with it and all. And I know we do other shows like around walk up and, and just playing bollocks really that we talk um but now I'm looking forward to it. A nice little break. Um and uh yeah uh always a pleasure never a chat. Oh Rob Keats punchline there I like it. That's fine. Emma. That's a communal punchline <laughs> as a non gambling gambler man. Yeah, Emma roll the dice. <laughs> Emma anything else before we go? No I just echo everything that Shawnee said. I don't think as as a club Liverpool had the greatest of seasons, but I think the LFC day trippers had a great season. It's my first full season. I got more minutes than Arta Mello, so I'm happy <laughs> enough with that. Um, but I like what Johnny said last week was uh, was absolutely brilliant. And uh, we did talk about you while you weren't there um, mm. and all the hard work you put in. And I know you don't like taking credit for it, but... Mm. Shawnee's right, the people that are in the chat that are always there, they were there earlier on at full-time Red full Reds with the lads and they're here again this evening it's it's the best decision you ever made me make was to, to come on to a podcast and uh, I look forward to it as much every week regardless of the result, I know we joke and say that we're sick and we have a scratchy throat and we we'll <laughs> yeah. have to come on but, the amount uh, of times you've no, tried to get out a Sunday night <laughs> oh my god you, uh, yeah, we, we, I have to say I enjoy it immensely. So thanks yeah. to you and thanks to the lads. No problem. Um, Keith, anything else before we go? Why are you listening to this Yeah, one? just, no, no, we'll keep on the Gav loving here. And, and, I fucking hate this. You know, you. I know you do, and that's why we're going to do it, so fuck it. But now it is true. Shani said something last week about, you know, people doing things for money and all that. And, and what we do on here is just lads. We say it all the time. It's like being in the pub. And we, we had our last weekend in Liverpool and Alan Austin said earlier his highlight of the season was last weekend in Liverpool and that's the way we all feel 
you know, we're not know-it-alls, we're not experts, we're just lads who talk about football, but the amount of work that you do on the back for very little reward. Mother Teresa got paid more for helping lepers in fucking Calcutta than what you get. I think she should get more for helping lepers, to be fair. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of work, the point is, the amount of work that you There's her over there. Uh, Just feed helping lepers and getting more. I don't think that's worked out well there, Keith. Well, I don't think she was in it for the bread, like, you know, I think it was more a voluntary thing. But I just think, you know, people assume, you know what I mean, that, that you're living the high life of this and, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Couldn't be further from the truth. It's just, we do it for the love of just coming on and talking and there's no ego, there's loads of egos, but not real egos. And as the boys said, it's not just us far on the screen, it's the it's the lads that are doing the full-time shows. Jesus Christ, that's, that's been a slog this year. It's been anybody that's come on, it's been people that have, in the chat it's been everything but you know the amount of work the charity stuff that that's been going on it's all pushed by you guys so look big round of applause to you forget about what i'm listening to music wise i think this is your uh i'm a bit upset i'm a bit upset that i don't know what you're listening to this week because every time you tell me i go up and listen to a bit of it and uh it has to be a bit of tina turner tina turner yeah there's been fucking loads of tina turner all week (laughs) no bush city on did you take did you take a day out walk like tomorrow Uh, yeah i I did yeah i did now do you know who i'm listening to all weekend alan lawson again thriller on in liverpool Mm. john holt a thousand volts of holt all week in the sun (laughs) lashing the l reggae over if you don't get on that get on that that is absolutely sensational gear I, I have another goal for next season. I and got put in the chat there that I absolutely hate you. I'm actually going to I'm going to pursue the angle now where it makes it. I'm actually gonna make trying to convince people as much as possible that we genuinely do hate, hate you. We don't spend two to three hours and we talk to each other after podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we could literally turn it around where like these these two pricks just spend an hour with each other on a Sunday and then fucking ignore each other for the rest of the week. Which is like the funny thing is, right? Couldn't be like more of the truth, but I like Phil, what, Phil and Holly we are. Oh, <laughs> oh, you can you can be Phil. <laughs> um but um now look it's it's been look it's not been a good season for Liverpool it's been a bang average season to be honest with you um it's one way oh, I, think st- well, yeah, I, I didn't actually mean that I didn't actually mean that I didn't actually mean that I'm just so used to fucking saying it um but it was one way I started off optimism you know cautious optimism it hasn't worked out um you know Liverpool will get better I trust Jurgen Klopp with every sinew of me trust Jürgen Klopp to get it right I think he's he's learnt I think massively this season as to what a squad can and can't do and what he needs and I'm hoping the owners have learned as well and between the between them all they get these, these things right and we see a couple of signings early in the window and we go into next season going do you know what we needed four and we got four and we're happy with the four um, with regards to um, uh, with regards to this podcast, um, yeah, we were away last week. We the the fucking best time, and and look, you know what? We went and we drank and we we ate and we drank and we fucking watched the match and we great times and used my Firmino and all that. But the biggest thing about it for the weekend was there was a load of us and there wasn't a crossword. There was no kind of you know oh, I want to go here, I want to go there. People just go, we go there, and everyone just went yeah, and whatever was suggested, we just went 
Like Shawnee had me eating bleeding scrambled eggs and chorizo off two rock hard pieces of bread, and I was just, it was fucking great. I, I even enjoyed that, and that's not me, you know what I mean? And I went into this place, and it was I was like, what is this fucking place? And Shawnee's sitting there like a pig and shy, and I ate it, and it was lovely, and like even things like that, I, I, you know, it's just a real easy going of it. Listen. We do we do these shows every week. The lads that do the full time red, I I think they're the stars of this season. I'm being honest with you, because that's so fucking hard to do when the season's not good. So Chris, Matt, and Kev have been absolutely excellent this season. Yeah, I work a lot, but it's my job. Like I do, like people think, oh, you do a lot. It's my job. Do I earn loads of money from it? Fuck no. And I give most of it away. To be quite honest with you, right? Um, but it's my job. I love doing my job. I loved. I love. Liverpool, I love everything about it. But the lads you deal with, the people in the group, and um, the people in the chat, the people in the telegram, um, I love all that as much. I really do. It's just it gets you through days when um like like Red Steve like fucking hates me, right? And never stops. But I love him for it. Do you know what I mean? So um things like that, people in the chat like just constantly ask me is there a show tonight when they fucking know if there's a show or not. Um just things like that, just it, like as much as it annoys me at times, I I love it. I love every minute of it. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this season. Um, like I said, when this summer comes, which is starting from Tuesday, there'll be loads of transfer stuff. There'll be loads of updates. We'll have quizzes. We'll have drafts. We'll whatever we can think of, or whatever you can think of, throw it at us, and we'll do it for you if we can. And then we'll get back into next season. We'll come back next season with Liverpool related stuff, bigger and better, hopefully, but as consistent as we've been because. Yeah, there's bigger channels out there. Yeah, you know, people can scream and shout, we don't. But I love the consistency of it. I love the fact that the people we have doing it love doing it. The people that watch, watch every single time. I love commenting as well. So it's been an absolute pleasure. So from me, Emma, Keith, Shani, everyone that's uh, contributed to the LFC Day Troopers this season, thanks a million to every one of you that have watched, listened, given us a like, subscribed, done a, you know, giving us a review, whatever it might be. Um, we thank you for that because if you weren't here, it'd be just four of us sitting in the pub. We'd be alcoholics. We'd be all single. And um, yeah, we'd all be wearing Wranglers with fucking piss stains and all to be honest with you. So, um, that has been... You were wearing Liverpool last week. <laughs> well, that's only on the plane home. <laughs> that has been the Fatback 4. Thanks a million for watching. Talk to you in a bit. Over right now. Podcast Network.